Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Comfortably unconventional by me. With me. It's me. (laughs) That was so rough. Your host, Lena Caroline. I'm amped up today because I'm going to talk about something that I'm really passionate about and I don't feel like gets talked about enough. I have a lot of unconventional challenging opinions for you today on this episode. Um, you know, <laughs> there's a couple things I have to say first. And I'm going to start off with, you know, I I need to say some things because I don't want to get my medical license taken away. I have to be careful and I just want to make sure I'm covering my butt here because I get scared and I get a little anxious and I don't, I, you know, I don't think that bear aspirin is going to put a hit out on me for, <laughs> for making this episode, nor do I think they'll ever hear this episode, but... Um, you know, there's a lot of unconventional and challenging, um, opinions about the government and everything else being put online all the time. Um, but I just want to say this. I want to talk about big pharma and the food situation in the United States and the health situation in the United States. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about what I've learned and what I see because I've been in two very opposing sides of things, but I just want to say, you know, if you, if you have a UTI and you go to the doctor and they prescribe you a week of antibiotics and uh, pyridium to get rid of your UTI. Um, don't be like, fuck big pharma and not take your antibiotics because, you know, you're going to end up in the hospital anyway hooked up to an IV because you have a kidney infection and that's going to hurt really bad. So, (laughs) and you know, things really do expand. It's an infection. You can go septic and die. So don't do that. Don't, I just want to basically say don't listen to this podcast episode and think that I'm saying that all medications are bad because I, every day my job, I I work in nursing and I see medications help people a lot. And what would we do without them? What would we do without the development of penicillin? You know, so I'm not saying that, but I, I, I just, I do want to talk about some things. So, um, stick with me here and don't be dumb. You know, your, your doctors and nurses aren't like plotting against you, but there is kind of a vicious cycle in our pharmaceutical healthcare system. Um, this episode might be really interesting because I know I have some international listeners and, there's probably some really different food regulations outside of the United States. As far as I know, the United States um, allows for hundreds of food additives, um, sugar replacements, Things like that that have proven through scientific research, backed scientific research in Europe, for example, to um, cause neurological issues, to cause 
um, you know, um, to be carcinogenic, to be, to worsen the symptoms of, um, ADHD. So I wanted to talk about this. This is like really interesting to me because I grew up on a farm. I grew up a farm on a farm and my my mom was very aware of all this stuff a very long time ago. I was very very fortunate to grow up in the environment that I did as far as like food goes because we did things very very unconventionally. Right? So we had our own like cattle pigs sheep chickens turkeys we butchered all our own meat um kind of the cool thing about living on a farm too is that if you don't want to do everything yourself and you know you really want to make sure that um things are done right not saying that we were ever like unclean or anything but you can actually like take your animals to a processing plant you take it you pay a certain fee and you know they'll they'll butcher the animal for you uh they have to be fda certified um they hang the meat for you for so many days to kind of like improve the meat quality um so we we did that we had all you know, no, no antibiotics in our meat for certain. We had a controlled diet for those animals, so we knew exactly what was going into them. We had milk cows, just one or two at a time usually. But my mom, um, I knew how to make my own ice cream at a very young age. Uh, we made cheese. We made butter. We made sour cream. She made yogurt. She made kefir. If you're not familiar with kefir, kefir is very interesting. It's a very, very wonderful probiotic. The thing about it, though, a lot of times in like the case of buying it from the store is it's majorly filtered. Uh, this whole reasoning I'll never understand is that they are super strict about regulating the filtration of milk products so that basically everything good in it, the natural probiotics that, you know, improve your gut and the live bacteria, the live good bacteria in milk products like kefir and yogurt that live in your gut and help your gut health, uh gets filtered out a lot of the times when you buy from the store. So my mom would actually buy, you bought the, um, I forgot what they're called, but you like buy the bacteria and it's alive and you have to like keep it in the freezer so it doesn't die. And then you like make kefir out of it. Yeah. She went there. She also had a huge garden canned her own vegetables, canned her own jams and jellies, canned all of her own tomato and pasta sauces. She made her own bread and buns sometimes. Um, I grew up in a situation that a lot of the food that I consumed was not just homemade, home-cooked, but, like, literally from our farm. It was kind of funny, because when I was a little kid, I'd actually get kind of upset, because I felt like all the cool kids brought their own lunches, and they had, like, gushers, and fruit snacks, fruit roll-ups, lunchables, You know, it wasn't until I was a little older that I actually tried a Lunchable and 
I thought it was fucking gross. <laughs> I thought that I, I, the meat, if you've grown up on eating your own meat, the meat in Lunchables is absolutely disgusting. I don't even know if that's meat. I, yeah. Um, I believe Gushers, you know, for example, have dyes like Blue 40. And like the orange, the orange dye is terrible. Direct links with, um, causing, I believe. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure at least, uh, worsening symptoms of ADHD and... Um, some neurological issues. Neurological breakdown. I want to double check on this. Well, I don't think I, I don't think I have any info about the orange dye here. I'm trying to find it. I maybe should have had this like a little bit prepared, so I'm sorry. But I, I dove right into this episode. Trying to find something that'll have orange dye in it, but I don't even think I have anything here. Maybe it would be quicker for me just to look it up. Well, while I have this pulled up, though, I can mention a couple things. A really common preservative in our food is called... I'm going to butcher these names, by the way. It's called sodium benzoate. This additive is a byproduct of benzoic acid, a substance that may increase hypersensitivity and or cause intolerance reactions, severe allergic reactions, urticaria. Urticaria. I, I want to say that's like urinary issues, but um, let me double, I'll double check that for you. Urticaria. This is a med term that I should know. Oh, my bad. That's hives. Causes hives. Gastro gastrointestinal disorders. Skin reactions. Asthma attacks and effects on the central nervous system. When I see stuff affecting the nervous system, which a lot of these like additives do... I I get kind of scared. That's where I start getting kind of scared. Because what? It affects the central nervous system. Your body's processing center. Your central nervous system, if I'm not incorrect here... is responsible for awareness, movement, thinking, speech, and the five senses, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and smelling. This affects your body's internal environment. It's what helps you maintain homeostasis. So your internal regulation, regardless of what your external environment is, it's, it's how you survive. Reflexes, memory and learning, voluntary control of movement. What? So imagine we consume this one, just this is one ingredient, one additive our entire lives. 
you know that most people when they are admitted to a hospital or a especially long-term care and you know I'm telling you there's rarely a patient that I see that isn't like this that's you know older I have seen patients with as many as 50 diagnoses 50 excuse me congestive heart failure arthritis heart disease diabetes kidney disease liver disease It starts to have you sit back and beg the question, are these ingredients directly affecting our health? So, this one's interesting. Sugar replacements. Now, a lot of times you end up um, consuming sweeteners for different reasons. Maybe you're diabetic. Maybe you're trying to cut out sugar from your diet. And you go into the store and a lot of these different products will say sugar-free. It's promoted as a wonderful good thing. Then I started researching artificial sweeteners and what they do. You're kind of screwed. You're almost better off consuming the sugar in a way because here's one. This isn't one I'm super familiar with. I can't say I've seen it a lot. But you know, I I don't read every list of a million ingredients on everything I buy. But as okay, I'm gonna try my best here. Asulfam Asulfame K Asulfame S Asulfame S Asulfame that might be what it is. Asulfame potassium is an intense artificial sweetener. Intense sweeteners may promote metabolic disorders. metabolic disorders so your body's natural metabolism it gets disturbed by this product so this affects how well the body can break down large molecules for energy How efficiently cells produce energy or cause problems with energy regulation. So we're talking about like your energy levels here. A lot of people when they talk about like going on a major like food journey and they're like cutting out a lot of these bad, um, you know, ingredients. Sorry, that took me a second. Uh, They notice a spike in energy. Well, probably because these cause metabolic disorders. um, Such as glucose intolerance. So hold on a second. You're telling me that there were studies done and they found that this sweetener, this sugar replacement actually causes a glucose intolerance now that sounds almost like it's not that big of a deal but when you have a glucose intolerance you end up with high blood sugar 
interesting. So, you're telling me that this sweetener, this sugar replacement, <laughs> literally causes diabetes. So yes, quite literally, you'd be better off just consuming straight sugar because, yeah. But you know, to me, this kind of makes sense. Because if you were a big pharmaceutical company, what do you think that the big one of the big money makers is? diabetes it's manageable doesn't always kill everyone right off the bat and they need or are convinced they need not always they're they need to buy insulin if you guys don't if you aren't diabetic or you don't have maybe close relatives are diabetic insulin is insanely expensive it is so expensive I'm just, I want to double check this. I want to make sure I'm giving you like accurate information. So the price for one vial of insulin in the US was about a hundred dollars. Um. I will tell you that one vial does not get you very far. One vial is about a hundred units. Depending on how high your blood sugar is on average, which, you know, usually with diabetics, they're, they're somewhere in the 200 plus range. Um, you know they're they they'll be they'll be through a hundred units in about three uses. So it's thousands of dollars. Diabetes in um, the United States affects fourteen percent of the US adult population. That was in 2022. In 2019 it was 11.3%. At 11.3% of adult Americans, that's about 37.3 million people. Guys, I just I oh. You could just go down the rabbit hole here forever. I mean, I think about this stuff all the time at work. I I found out I got a number the other day and it was uh, at a class I had to take and I found out that at this company that I work for, our average patient this is average is 250 to 300 pounds. Our average patient 
we had a bariatric patient last year that was 900 pounds. What is going on? In addition to acesulfame K causing metabolic disorders such as glucose intolerance, um, they have no effect on weight control. Two studies in 2022 suggested an association between the overall consumption of sweeteners and increased risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. Cardiovascular disease, cancer, and diabetes. The biggest money makers. The biggest, most common things that you see when you work in a hospital. And this is just, you know, it's heartbreaking because at the end of the day, this is happening because the society we're living in is no longer about health. It's no longer about the American dream. It's no longer about the people. It's about the almighty dollar. And it actually brings tears to my eyes that there are people so driven by greed that they would cause the painful deaths of millions. I can't stress this to you guys enough. The kinds of complications that just being a diabetic causes. Did you know that when you're a diabetic and the levels of sugar rise in your blood and they are high most of the time, it in a sense kind of almost like, the best way I can describe it is it almost raises the acidity of your blood. I'm not saying that in a sense where it might literally raise the pH. That I don't know. That I I couldn't tell you. But, um, so when you work in like long-term care or you work with the, the, the elderly that are, you know, really kind of leaning towards the ends of their lives, right? You get a lot of people that they just, their body kind of fails and they're towards the end and they don't get out of bed anymore. And you're just kind of, what you do is you, you turn them. It's called repo or repositioning. You turn them so that you're moving, you're moving them. You're getting pressure off of certain areas and the blood doesn't pool. You got to keep that blood moving. You got to keep the pressure off of bony prominences. So the coccyx, that that bony prominence kind of right above your butt cheeks, that's a common uh, issue spot. The elbows, the heels, the back of the head on the occipital, um, the shoulder blades. You got to watch all of that. You, you know, um, and when you're a diabetic. you're at a way higher risk for getting these pressure ulcers because the glucose in your blood actually causes your blood to like eat through the tissue more quickly. It puts you at higher risk for infection because infection thrives off of sugar. Bacteria 
thrives of sugar. I, you know, I got a little sidetracked here, but so I, I was fortunate to grow up in just a household where I was not really consuming these dyes or uh, processed sugar really, or, you know, and even when I did have sweets, they were homemade cookies. They were, you know, maybe organic snacks. Um... The bad thing is I didn't really learn to understand and appreciate that until, like, now. I kind of, like, hit teenager age and went a little nuts and I just loved candy and sweets and, you know, the things with dyes in it, you know, Cheetos, Doritos, uh, candy bars, all that stuff. I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee here, so sorry about that. I've been brewing my old own cold brew and best decision of my life, by the way. But um Yeah, my mom started doing that because she started doing research and at this time um Sorry, I'm going to out my sister a little bit here. I, she I don't think she listens to my podcast or probably won't anytime soon. I won't say her name out of respect here, but my sister, you know, she, <laughs> they knew that my sister had ADHD, OCD, and anxiety from a very young age, and, you know, the first thing that they kind of wanted to do at that time and, you know, my sister's 30 years old, so this was a while ago. This was over 20, yeah, 20 years ago. Uh, they wanted to, they wanted to throw her on some serious meds at a very young age. And my mom was kind of viewed as maybe a little, a little crazy, a little nutty about stuff. And... Um, she was like, no. She kind of had this mindset that she was going to try everything she could before it came to that. You know, obviously, if my sister had to do that to survive and to be happy, I think my mom definitely would have done that. Um... My mom herself has uh, autoimmune disorder and she needs pharmaceutical medication sometimes to live. Pharmaceutical medication has saved her life. Corticosteroids have saved her life before. So she's not like completely anti-pharma, but she's like, you know, there's certain medications. And my mom has worked in pharmacy actually, um... She just has, like, a ton of medical knowledge. I don't know where she learned all this crap. She never went to college. Um, but she knows a lot of shit. Um, very smart. Very smart with medications. Uh, with animals and with people. And, uh... She knew that wasn't the route she wanted to go. So she just... She did a ton of research. She went to the root. And when she went to the root, she found out a lot of stuff about food and about the importance of what we put into our bodies and the connection of what we are putting into our bodies and the illnesses and, you know, conditions that we suffer with. My grandpa... Rest in peace, Grandpa. I miss you. He was an awful smoker, and that's what took him out in the end. But he was also a diabetic. A type 2 diabetic. A little different. And he was kind of overweight. And he had a lot of ice cream. Ice cream and beer were his absolute favorites. And he had a sort of... Um, ritual 
where every night he'd have a big bowl of ice cream and so many beers. Ice cream every day is a lot. It's a lot. Especially, you know, he's probably putting chocolate syrup on there and all kinds of crap that's probably really really bad for him. And he actually stopped doing that. He made some adjustments to his diet because he was to the point where he'd rather do that than uh, use insulin every day and have to be insulin dependent. And he, you know, he's probably more in the area of pre-diabetes where he was starting to get blood sugar spikes and he was on his way there. Uh, a lot of people, when that happens, are not willing to change their diet. They don't want to make changes and they just kind of sail right into being a diabetic. He changed his lifestyle. He lost some weight. And he never had to use insulin. You know, I had a grandma who was very opposite. She had very poor self-control when it came to sweets and sugars. And she ate it probably way more than she should have been. And yeah. She struggled with diabetes, as she still does. So, it depends on what type of person you are, but, yeah. The bad thing about sugar is... There are studies that actually show, and I've read this actually multiple times now, there are studies that show it's as addictive as cocaine. In the sense that it causes such a spike of dopamine release. There's an actual neurochemical change in the brain when you overeat sugar that's similar to what is seen with addiction to drugs like alcohol or morphine. So... Wow, right? And then in this particular country, in the wonderful U.S. of A, if you try to replace sugar and not eat processed sugar, you still end up with heart disease, being diabetic, neurological issues, uh... <laughs> Sucralose, sucralose is a sweetener that is in a lot of stuff. Number of studies suggest an adverse impact of sucralose on blood glucose levels, insulin sensitivity, and the amount of food consumed. In addition, two INSERM studies in 2022 suggested an association between the overall consumption of sweeteners and an increased risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. If you're interested in what I'm talking about, uh, this isn't sponsored. <laughs> I wish. Hey, Yuka, if you want to sponsor me, here I am. But, um... They, they, it's a wonderful app, and they, um, you scan it. it, it's an app you download on your phone, and you can scan barcodes of just about any food product, or skin product, or anything, and it'll tell you all the ingredients, and it'll tell you if they're okay, you'll get a green dot, no risk involved in consuming it. Um, 
you'll get a yellow for limited risk, you'll get orange for moderate risk, and you get red for hazardous. It is literally hazardous for you to consume. It'll give it a score uh, out of 100. And then you can go and click on all the products and it'll give you a rundown of what it is, studies that were done, and up-to-date studies, mind you, of the particular additive or ingredient, um, what was found. There's links to learn more about it, and they link all of the scientific studies and resources. They source everything. Obviously, most of these studies are done in Europe and not in the United States. You know, I think a lot of people thought my mom was nutty. And I think a lot of people still might think that people that are talking about this are kind of nutty. But guys, I mean, look at the evidence here. We, you know, for the example of what we just looked into, being a diabetic. You're a diabetic in this country. You can't have sugar anymore. So you replace it with sweeteners. You buy stuff that's sugar-free. Well, guess what? The sweeteners also cause diabetes. as well as cardiovascular disease and cancer. <laughs> it feels too often like we are pigeonholed and companies are trying to mislead and trick us into buying their product. They get to exist, thrive, and make money to send us right to big pharmaceutical companies eventually because of the problems that they cause so that pharmaceutical companies can make millions billions it's a very old uh, documentary film now but it's called Food Inc. And my mom made me watch this at a very young age when I started to talk about nutrition and, you know, understand it a little bit and stuff. And even then, it was bad. I can't imagine what it's like now. Reading about this stuff, researching this stuff learning about it, seeing it, seeing the effects of it in the hospital where I work. I... It makes me want to, like, pack up, leave the country, buy a little farm somewhere far away from everyone and just have a big garden and some cows and do it, you know? I mean, it's almost like they want to create a society where we don't know how to do basic things anymore. Where we don't have basic knowledge anymore. How many people know how to skin an animal you know I, I don't want to be offensive here because I know some people are probably um, maybe not for eating meat I do have my personal opinions about that but that's okay uh, you might not want to listen to this segment um, but maybe I could use a different example um, if you how many people in our country if they got lost in the woods would know how to identify edible plants to survive. 
would know maybe how to uh, kill bacteria in water before drinking it, would know how to start a fire. Would know how to use the sun to, um, or the stars, to know your direction. The thing that scares me the most is that if everything went to hell in a handbasket tomorrow, 95% of Americans would not know what the fuck to do. If we didn't just have a place where we went to go get food, went to go get water, went to go get this, go get that. No cars, no technology, no. What would we do? What if everything crashes and burns? What would people do? You know? It's something I think about a lot. That maybe... It's something me and my boyfriend actually talk about a lot. Where we're like, you know, like we... You know, from an evolutionary standpoint, we're not meant to do what we're doing now. You know, just even without the food and additive bullshit are our bodies really functioning the way they're supposed to that they were meant to is that why people are unhealthy as well these ideas are so so interesting to me And it's really crazy to think about. It, lately, I've been spending a lot of time actually learning about plant medicine and um, you know, I, I just was, I, <laughs> I was at a shock. how much you can use plants for and what they can be used for. You know, you can take plants to maybe lower a fever or lower inflammation. You know, maybe instead of just taking, you know, popping uh, some acetaminophen, um, an NSAID, which causes, you know, if you if you take it for so long, it can cause some real issues for your liver. Um, you also can get some digestive issues from taking certain medications. You know, sometimes it seems like maybe there'd be a better answer if we were talking about health and wellness instead of money. You know, is this another reason why in the healthcare field right now we're just seeing resignations left and right? People leaving. Obviously, it's because of like, you know, post-COVID and overworking and stuff like that too. But I, I have heard people talk about and complain. I've heard whispers of how some of these employees are tired of money driving everything. I think I'm going to end the episode here. Um, I've said a lot. <laughs> I didn't maybe cover everything that I even wanted to cover. I feel like I could almost maybe make a part two to this. Um, if if this episode really interested you at all and you, you know, you want to share any information, um, share your thoughts, share your knowledge 
opinions i i would love a conversation about this um you can feel free to dm me on instagram at um comfortably unconventional i for some reason i want to double check that you know it would only it would only be me the person to forget my instagram handle and say it wrong on the episode um more reliably though (laughs) you can also email me you can email me at um comfortably unconventional at gmail.com um i know maybe this episode was a little out there for some of my listeners and i get it but uh i think this is something more people need to be aware of and more people need to be talking about this and you know i i'm kind of tired of like us putting so much energy into media and distraction when something like this is over all of our heads as americans i mean talking about not having right to your your bodily autonomy you know i i don't want to get into that too much because obviously women are are really suffering for a lot of reasons right now too but uh do any of us have bodily autonomy because it seems like we don't have any control of what we're consuming on a daily basis at all So yeah, once again, please, please feel free to send me some thoughts, uh, some ideas, any information that you have about this, I would love to discuss further. Uh, You know, I might be talking about this more in the future, so uh, let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.